Hey, Sam. Hello. <laughs> What's up? Not much. Um, I have had a wonderful week in Chicago. It has been just really nice being home. How about you? Thank you for asking. Um, I also had a great week in Chicago. Um, went back and swam at the lake a lot because it's actually warm. The last time I jumped into Lake Michigan was like literally early June, which is like when it's freezing. Mm. Um, so that was nice. And then I had a birthday dinner yesterday where, um, you know, you were there. So you know how that went. Good. It went good. Um, and then also um, my birthday is tomorrow um, and I'm finally turning 21, which feels kind of underwhelming because I feel like all my friends turned 21 like a year ago. And I feel like I'm like the last burden, you know, to do it. Um, but now people can bring me to the clubs without worrying that I won't get in. So that's good. We love that energy. Um, and speaking of club music, we have a great guest on the show today. We are going to be talking to Susie Analog over an Oreo milkshake. Great, let's get into it. For today's drink, we chose an Oreo milkshake. I feel like Oreo milkshakes like occupy a weird space within the dessert or drink category. Um, <laughs> but I know there's a restaurant right by us actually called the Medici that has incredible Oreo milkshakes. And um, they've set the bar so high that I can't really take, eat them anywhere else, but they are uh, wonderful drinks. Yeah, I feel like Oreo milkshakes is one of those things that like I, I'll crave maybe once a year once every two years and then I'll have like three sips and I'll be like okay that's that's good enough it's just like so much it's like so heavy and stuff um but you know no hate on Oreo milkshakes I feel like it's something that like was bound to happen you know Mm -hmm. dunking Oreos in milk what else are you gonna do make a milkshake so great point it's a great point (laughs) thank you thank you um (laughs) But anyways, today we are so excited um, because we are going to be interviewing Susie Analog. And if you guys don't know Susie, she is just like the coolest person ever. Also went to Temple um, University and grew up in Philly and made a lot of shit happen in her music career um, at her time at Temple and in Philly, which is super dope. Um, I think that right now she is in Miami um, and we're just so excited to talk to her about her music label, her recent music video um, for Super Smooth, um, as well as just her creative inspirations and the way that she really works with uh, music globally. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that I'd say about her is it seems like her music is you can't really pin down. Like if you heard her music three years ago, it's completely different now. She's so talented and such like a dope and interesting producer, experiments with tons of different textures, an expert sampler. So it's very exciting that we get to talk to her today. Yeah. And um, for you guys, for those of you who don't know Susie Analog, um, she 
um, is really influenced by global music. She draws from like house, rap, footwork, reggae. And then also she recently released um, two techno house singles, One Manifesto and Queries, um, and then also a track called Super Smooth that the music video came out with this week. Um, she also created Never Normal Records, which is just a super dope label that has just gained a lot of traction um, in recent years. Um, so yeah, with that, do you want to call her up right now? Yep, let's call her up. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. We just wanted to ask you some questions about your artistic process and just everything you're up to in general. Uh, Teresa, do you want to start? So most recently, you released the Super Smooth music video, and um, I loved it. thought it was so energetic, Leo energy, obviously. Um, and I was just wondering if you could kind of talk about that. Yeah. Um, so Super Smooth, I recorded actually in Oakland. Um, I was doing a uh, incubator called Do Labs, and they actually, it was for two weeks. I got to actually live how I really want to live. Like, <laughs> they made it so that I could work on my project as, as an entrepreneur, because we focused on our businesses like I have never normal. But um, we also got studio time in like the studios with the best mics, like with the engineer and like a private chef. And it was like, I didn't have to pay for any of this. This is like a nonprofit program. And so during that time I wrote Super Smooth um, and I was just in this mindset of like where I really wanted to take my music. I, I feel like I have been known mostly for like my beats and my um, like dance tracks more in the last few years, which I intended to become known for because um, at some point in the earlier part of my career, I was kind of starting to feel boxed in by people thinking I was just a vocalist when I know I was a producer as well. And people around me knew that and experienced it, but it was an easy way for me to um, share that to the public. Um, there weren't a lot of like music gear companies working with like femme identifying people there was just like the visibility was just so down like so um I just switched it up I said I'm gonna go hard I'm not even gonna put my vocals on a track I'm just gonna like put out beats I, I want to produce for my friends I want to produce for my community um and and have other people come and get on the mic not just me um so I, for the last few years I kind of hid away my my songwriting and my vocal performance ability um and I bring it out during my zone series, um, I have zones one through four, there's four volumes of it. In that project, I intentionally intended to like, just let people know I'm a producer and I'm a beat maker and I'm like someone into just sonics. <laughs> and so, yeah, with Super Smooth, I was like, you know, it's time to switch it up. It's time to go back. <laughs> and. I'm in this ideal situation. I think being in the ideal situation, I brought that up because I think it made me feel comfortable enough to say, you know what, go, do what you want, like sing if you want, but make the beat too and like produce and compose it too. So I, I had all these synths around me, I had all this gear around me um, and we banged that out. 
it was really cool because the engineer I had was also very into electronic recording processes. So I'm just like, let's run this through the tape machine. Let's do this. Like I got to be crazy how I am. Like, but here I am today in my studio. I have a lot of gear around, but I, I don't have like the engineer just here ready to record me and stuff. So um, I experiment a lot, of course, but it was fun experimenting with someone. It, it propelled me to be able to take time to say, okay, we have this done, let me write. And how would people want to feel on the dance floor and just really channel the process. Um, as somebody who's like coming from DIY and underground culture initially, um, even though I, I feel like I have the ability to go into other worlds like pop and, and beyond, I felt welcomed to to explore that through super smooth so super smooth is um from that scientific perspective the results of all of those things coming together but um also i just wanted to make a feel good track and, and a, a liberating track um sonically and for the video i just knew i had to produce that feeling that i wanted to encapsulate uh sonically visually so just the glitter and even some of the darkness and then popping it out and making it bright, going through all of these moods um, that I, I see with my synesthesia, but bringing it like more onto the screen and onto the camera. And um, also there's a lot of heavy inspiration and super smooth from my dance, but I do have a dance background um, growing up. I've been performing since I was, seven, eight years old, um, just with choirs, show choirs, musical theater, dance group, school dance group, summer school dance group. Like, and um, in the last few years, I became known like more as a, a DJ producer, but I realized I know how to more so DJ because I grew up dancing. Yeah. Um, so, so the dance music culture, I, I was born in Baltimore and like be more club and, and, and then even living in Philly, Philly club was, I'm like, that's the same thing, but I'm just going to let this rock. Cause there's different DJs, <laughs> there's different scenes and different DJs. And, and I, I got to meet them as I was like a young adult and an adult, you know, and, um, it was important to capture the sound from where I was at for where I was at, even though I recorded it in Oakland, which I think affected me somehow. I don't know. I mean, Oakland has a very rich culture, but um, I knew I wanted to make something that was like reminiscent of like throwback Miami mm -hmm. because that's where I've been living. So the video, um, even the art of it, I mean, I got really intricate with just sourcing, like finding an airbrush artist to like make a backdrop and um but knowing that I wanted to put that backdrop on a technical like on a screen like and and bring it to the like gen z millennial times you know like um but those are the type of backdrops that used to be like in the clubs in in the 90s um that you would go to like especially like a black club like in Miami or any like city like Philly or Detroit or New Orleans and there'd be a club night and you would like pose in front with your friends and stuff so with the dancers and the choreography like I explained to them this is like 
what I want to show. Like I want to bring this culture back, but we're doing it on a stage though. So we're like even bringing another element. And so as you can see, the process has just been so interlocked. Like every piece is really interwoven um, about, uh, surrounding my inspirations. Um, and for the video, there's like more art direction, but I can either get into that or we can get into because it, it goes like beyond what I just shared. But uh, just depending on like what you want to chat about today, I can get more into that. Yeah, I'm sure. I think we wanted to talk a bit about the the label. Um, just yeah. you're doing such incredible stuff. Um, and I know how passionate you are about it. So can you tell us maybe some of your biggest challenges so far with the label and why you feel like it's important to push past them? Yeah, so Never Normal, I started in New York. I started in the Bronx specifically, um, like 2014. We did our first release and since then, um, initially when I started it, I remember like I was in New York, I was living in New York and people were, I would go to people's houses and they would like have some of our tapes and they'd be like, oh yeah, I just got this. I'm like, oh, that's my tape. They're like, you run this thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because I really didn't actually want people to know it was me. Like just, especially at that time, again, like I said, like I, I truly feel like things have gotten tremendously better within the last three to four years for women in music um as far as the visibility is concerned but even back when I started Never Normal it just wasn't where it should have been I think um so that was a challenge that I faced that I didn't really I wanted to have it be an umbrella where people could come and um artists could come and feel free to release what they want um but not really be like this is it's just me so i struggled with that a bit and then we started the never normal sound system collective and i realized it's all about creating community and so we have a number of artists who are affiliated and a part of our community and it's a sound system we're building our own wall of sound for the world and just having that and having people who aren't who aren't like just trying to be the next big pop star the next big rap star you know like come together and know like they have each other has been um something that's been so helpful in in navigating the challenges um the challenges of course include like startup funding things like that um i find that people don't understand I've, I've applied to like a lot of different um like funding initiatives but people don't know how to really stand behind a music business they get mm. scared like if i was making like an app <laughs> like it would be different but i'm like music company so um Look, we've applied to plenty of stuff too and they don't care about music journalism so <laughs> and that part and and that's that's something with never normal i made sure um our collective you know like we have a site and that we actually write about the things that our, our affiliates and our um, members do in a in a journalistic way because i went to temple i have a communications degree um i i love journalism actually and and I think that has inspired me making Never Normal because I wanted to create a way to make these multimedia archives 
of artists that I didn't want to be forgotten or didn't want to be like left in any kind of capitalistic dust. So it's just been um, a challenge sometimes to like even bring people to the forefront and say, yo, pay attention to this person. Um, you know, I've worked with artists sometimes where I'm like, yo, we're pushing, we're pushing. And then they're like, they get discouraged or something. And, and literally like writers go write about everything they did because I pushed them <laughs> right after we start working together, like writers go write about them. And I'm just like, you know, that's all part of the process. It's all, the challenges are so multi-layered, but my passion and, and just my dedication to um, having Never Normal exist because I do see overall throughout all the challenges, I see the impact it makes every single day. I see, I've seen a lot of artists be able to um, become not only more discerning, but um, take more control and take more space within what they do as curators, um, as producers, as songwriters. Um, and and it's, it's just been, all the challenges have been worth it. But I, I can't say I have like one specific challenge. I mean, I think the funding is like ridiculous, but I also have uh, a lot of ideas of combat that. Um, and I do feel like the future is like very bright um, with thinking outside the box of capitalism with music and art and culture. Yeah, and sorry, I wasn't trying to just press you on challenges. Um, what, what are you most proud of about the label, I guess? That's a more positive attitude to go with. Oh, no worries. Um, I'm proud of, I mean, all of our releases have been important for different reasons, even if it's for the individual artist. Um, I sometimes think of Never Normal as a sort of an incubator uh, because we don't have the machine of some large label, but we do have, I, I, we have all the right elements to, to get you, to get you right, <laughs> as we like to say. And, um, and so also I'm proud of, everything that's come out. I'm proud of everything that we've been able to do, um, even opportunities that the artists have been able to create. Um, right now we're working on a lot of different dope projects. Um, we have Chaos, who is an amazing trans femme coming out of the South, coming out of North Carolina by way of New York, but mostly raised in North Carolina, really um, pushing advocacy for you know trans rights and just trans artists and black femme artists um and i'm so proud of what we've released in the last year with them and now we're able to perform together in some upcoming shows i brought them on to some upcoming shows i have so i'm just so happy for that synergy the fact that i started working with them last year we released their first single last halloween and we've been able to carry out campaigns and work with their team. And one year later, we're going to be performing on stage together, IRL. And they've been able to do some really cool projects with people. Um, we have a new lot radio show I'm super excited about. And it's a platform for me to invite others, really, other affiliate people in the community to just come play, just come Take the space and I'm, I'm proud of everything that someone affiliated with normal takes space like every single time I'm like that's why I do it 
like I see you taking up that space like that's why it exists because someone encouraged me to do it and I want to encourage others to do it too um it's not easy you know it looks easy when we're watching tv and this actor that singer but that shit is hard <laughs> no definitely and going back to like philly you talked about like the importance of community and i know that you met like or you worked with and became friends with like knowledge and like ringo star like i mean in ringo really early on yeah (laughs) so like how did your time in philly sort of influence the way that you approach your career in music and also like you cementing like community yeah philly was super formative for me um to meet people who it was just a time it was just a time where everybody was just like yo let's just link up and do something dope and um I had an apartment I had the apartment you know how in the friend group somebody got that apartment everybody goes to that apartment I had had the apartment because I was like right by the train right by the trolley the 15 trolley um, actually in Northern Liberties and everybody could just you could get off the highway from Jersey Ringo would come um, you know knowledge could just take the L train Um, even Devin who like started flying out because it's what else is there to do at that point? <laughs> Come linked up, we're here. And so um, I remember King Britt actually lived down the street around the corner. Kung Fu Necktie was right there. The Piazza had just opened. It was just the energy in the air of Philly, um, like hip hop and like other things were like merging. So being there and then starting to be invited to play like and I would like do a loft party because I, I was actually selling vintage clothes at the time through this um, company I had found it called Swerve. So I would like do loft parties in New York and just be like, oh, now they come play. And like nobody was really checking for us or booking us or doing anything like that. We were doing it ourselves. Um, I would even have outside gatherings. Um, there's this flyer where everybody's name is spelled with vowels. That <laughs> and then, that has like knowledge mind design <laughs> and I just would have stuff out in the courtyard and we would stream it it was like before boiler room we would stream it on um I think like new stream it's called Ustream, and we would actually stream us playing beats out in the courtyard and that's stuff that I could do in Philly because my neighbors were cool they didn't care you know people play bachata music super loud on Sundays in the morning in Philly so it's just the energy of Philly was so inviting for us to feel and test things out where we weren't pressed um like we weren't like we would be in New York I know coming from Jersey to right over the bridge where knowledge and mind design were from so it just brought the pressure level down like I was going to Temple and we're just having fun I'm linking up with my college friends inviting them over to the things we're doing and it was just fun and, and free freeing times. Um, it really helped me, but we started to get invited to like come play in LA, come do showcases. It's like, hey, well, we're flying out. We support each other. We would like all get on the plane together, like all but the same thing. <laughs> like I have so many travel pictures of us as well from that time um that we just and so that 
directly inspired me to start Never Normal a few years later because I realized, well, this is needed because I see how it helped me. I was the lone femme identifying person in that scenario and I felt empowered enough to go ahead and get on the plane or go ahead and get on the stage. And I didn't feel like that before in my life with other people. Um, so yeah, it, it was very formative and I think it, it really helped to be in a a city that loves music and has such a rich music and culture history that still is even slept on, but a lot of amazing music and production, specifically like productions with Soul of Philadelphia, Sound of Philadelphia and Philly Soul and all that, like coming out of there, it inspired us as hip hop lovers as well. House music, we went to parties, break dancing parties, um, the gathering, all this stuff was happening in Philly that really just made it seems so natural and organic that's awesome and such a fun story um and kind of going off with that like history you're talking about within the city um i heard you say a little while ago about sampling that sampling is a way to bridge the past and the present kind of um and i was wondering if you talk a little bit more about that and if that's something that you do intentionally or if it just happens when you're making music it's intentional it's intentional to sample um especially coming up in hip-hop as a, a child of hip-hop apparently hip-hop like hip-hop was like 14 when i was born mm -hmm. like in, in terms because this year it was like hip-hop is a leo like i'm just like yeah, me too <laughs> like same so um you know, since we've gotten to that point in culture where we're like hip hop has a birthday, like, and we're honoring that, I realized, you know, we know that hip hop is a culture. So I looked and I said, hip hop's 14 years older than me. So it's like a, like an aunt or uncle or something, right? So, like, so you're always looking up to those type of people in your life, like as a kid, like, you're, you want to do what that age a person is doing and if we saw like we and I say we but I'm thinking of clip mode I'm thinking of myself um just sampling was something that we saw our favorite producers doing um and I saw my favorite producers doing it I just it's just natural it's like yeah you're gonna take from that track but give it something new and, that, and that's always been the point to give to give new context um, I, I just dropped a track for Bandcamp on Bandcamp for Bandcamp Friday called One Manifesto. And it was actually both of the tracks that I dropped on Bandcamp. The samples were samples that um, of tracks that Dilla sample. I started to organize a folder of tracks of women that Dilla sampled that were featuring women um specifically featuring women and I wanted to like make a whole tape off of that but um it's just another that's one way I interact with the concept of sampling um as a sort of anthropological way to um bring bring new energies to older ideas and um contextualize classic information um yeah that's super interesting so for you it's not like crate digging as much it's like selecting the sounds and then creating them into that's awesome yeah yeah and and i go a lot off of things i hear 
So if I hear something, specifically when I'm out in the wild, as I like to say, like if I'm somewhere, like I had a really good um, lunch one day at this spot and they were playing like reggae versions and dub versions of like 60s tracks. And I went home and I made like a whole cover based off of one that I heard. Um, I, I covered that that version of that song because it, it's something that hit me while I was out in the wild. So it is really about that for me. Um, not about like going, I gotta find this to make something because I, I think it will find me. No, definitely. Um, and before when you like mentioned um, your two most recent singles, um, we are both huge fans of dance music and listening to it. I was like, why am I not at a rave right now? Um, so can you sort of tell me like, what you want people to I guess take away from like the music that you make that's more like dance and sort of like how you curate that energy for yourself yeah for sure um I I realized over the last few years my music is about liberation so I've been in places especially coming from more marginalized groups um where I didn't feel so free, where I felt constricted, where I didn't feel understood. And everything I make, every speed, every note, every sound is is to kind of take you out of the routine, to add some pep to your steps, to give you some encouragement um, with sound, using sound to do it. And now that I'm getting back into songwriting, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. But my last project, um, my last EP, Sukasa EP, I feel like I have some tracks um, like People Power that really mesh that. It's like this could be at a rave, but I'm actually it's actually a protest song, you know, and I'm bringing it together and making it meaningful because I love, I love partying as a way to free yourself. Like I like that concept versus just like, like a gluttonous kind of like, let's go and throw money in the air. Like, nah, 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 nah. Like you're going to free yourself. Um, and so I want people to take that away from my music. Even if they say, wow, I haven't heard anything like that before, or that was striking or something that that unlocks something that's a moment where something was unlocked and you were introduced to something that you're not used to you become free in those moments um so that's that's mostly what my music is about liberation because i believe in black liberation i believe in you know liberation liberation against all oppression all human oppression um and um i don't think i always have to sing about it and um activist type way or, or write about an activist type way but it hopefully will like come through and I don't even know what an activist type way is but I I think you kind of might understand what I mean like political like I it's very political everything I make is political but it's about the spiritual liberation yeah I get it it's like yeah. purple, you don't have to say it <laughs> yeah yeah um and we had to wrap up, but we have one last question. And that's just, what should people be looking out for you coming up? Yeah, I'm super excited for the next project coming up. I'm working on my own project. Um, so 
it's it will include super smooth but be more uh in that world with more vocals and more performance um from me but hard crazy or like very alive beats <laughs> so um i'm excited to dive more into that and that projects to come but we're also as a collective never normal sound system working on a collaboration with a collective called anti-mass they're based in uganda it's a queer collective in ug i have been to uganda a few times three times since 2015 but i i stay for months or weeks <laughs> like and so i've lived over there and met some amazing artists and this project is about the afro diaspora coming together imagine if we could just come together from the continent of africa to our cities where we reside the black cities all over and just have a night of understanding each other through sonics and beats um and tracks that's what this project is like so i'm super excited to launch that we are deciding a name now i just got off a call about that before um this call but the anti-mass never know most sounds that some project super excited for chaos again amazing heavy everybody in our collective has projects coming um, so Never Normal itself will just be releasing singles and EPs into 2022, um, new videos, visuals, and our lot radio show, which is every month right now, will be featuring people from our community that are playing some dope, dope music. <laughs> so um, I'm super excited about those things. And of course, I'm always working on 100 other projects at the same time. But those are the things that you will hear about next. Great yeah, I was going to say, it's like you're always working on a bajillion things. Um, but we really appreciate everything you do. It's crazy. Like, it's so cool that you can run all these things. And I feel like most of the things you do, it's like being political without being political. Like in most of like just what you do. Yeah. Um, Thank but, you. My yeah. politics is super set in stone as far as like, I'm not here for what what they've been doing in the past. <laughs> but yeah. but I, I think there's ways and because I've had a chance to be an educator as well, not just the artist, you have to get creative with how you share the info for people mm -hmm. to receive it. And True. I'm always challenging myself to, to say, how can people receive this in a fun way? Or like, you know, how can we add something to it? Sometimes you... And, and I'm also down to just say what needs to be said. Um, right. And I like right. to mix that. Like, how can we, how can we just right. do it and do it all? So thank you for recognizing that and taking time to chat with me about some of the things that have going on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Susie Analog and check out her music. You can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.